Wait for it. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. That's right. He is Loki of Asgard, and we are Jim and Chuck of the Active Geek Podcast, and this is the Loki Lounge, the unofficial Loki after show brought to you by your friends, Jim and Chuck of Active Geek Productions, uh, home to Galaxy Wars Podcast, Cage My IQ, Box Office Flashback, Archives, and the Adventures of Binks and the Beards. So we got a lot going on for those long summer playlists, long drives and vacations. If you want to listen to three, four, five weird guys talk about comics, this is the way to go. But Chuck, um, early episode for us. Full dis- full disclosure, no full episode this week because you know it's the end of su- end of the school year. You've got children, I've got work. We're busy boys, and uh, we just couldn't fit in a full episode. So we're, here we are with the the Loki breakdown, the Loki lounge, and it al- is also coming out on a Thursday. And this is the first time, Chuck, I think that you and I have recorded actually on New Comic Book Day. Yeah, you might be right. Normally it's Monday or Friday or. Tuesday. I don't think we've done a Wednesday. Yeah, neither do I. Um, and if we have, it's been many, many moons ago. So I'd be remiss if we didn't go over my picks of the week because it's a new week, new comics. Um, and I picked up five today, five new number ones. I'm going to just tell you what I picked up. I think you're going to pick up a few of these. And uh, these are from all three of the heavy hitters, Image, Marvel, and DC. Three new DC books, Chuck. This is the first time I've picked up three new DC books in maybe four months. Wow. Besides, like, the, whatchamacallit? Um, Future State. Future State. Yeah, I was picking up 35 a day. Where This is, like, non-connecting titles. So, let's start with Image. A uh, big week for Image as Spawn's Universe launched mm-hmm. this week. Uh, super pumped. I went to Crossroads. I got my Spawn Universe with Lady Spawn on it. It's a dope cover. Um, I wanted to make sure, again, that you got yours in your box, but you had already been covered, so I wanted to make sure you got that. Uh, when it comes to Marvel, uh, Heroes Reborn is ending, and they have a new story called Heroes Return, and it's the number one issue. Um, I got a cover that's pretty dope. It's Stormbreaker's cover from uh, Patrick Gleason, and it looks like it's Wonder Woman killing Captain America, but it's, you know, it's Power Princess, who is Marvel's version of Wonder Woman. Exact version of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, this looks like Gal Gadot. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, a lot of creativity put into that one. Um, I also picked up a Brian Michael Bendis comic called Checkmate Number 1, which is a, a pretty cool story, a pretty cool organization, a bunch of spies and espionage stuff going on in the DC Universe. And the cover I picked up has the Green Arrow on it, and it's super dope, super dope. Um, I also picked up Infinite Frontier, which looks great. And then finally, um, huge comic that I was really looking forward to, and I'm I might be let down. Who knows? Uh, but I picked up Garth Ennis and Liam Sharp's Batman Reptilian number one. Oh, yeah. But I got that. Um, any of those on your pull list for this week? Spawn, definitely. Heroes Reborn or Return. Yes. And then I might get Reptilian. Cause it lo- the, yeah, it looks amazing. I got the variant cool. cover. Yeah, I got the variant cover that doesn't have like the, the eye on it, which that was a cool one, too. It gave me like Torok vibes from back in you know the old Torok games. Mm-hmm. This has uh, Batman on the cover, old school style, with the reptilian eye, and like a rose gallery in the background with like pluses and mine, uh, pluses and X's over their eyes, and then Killer Croc without X's over his eyes. So it's pretty dope. I'll send it to you when we're done. Cool. But let's get to the meat and potatoes of why we're here. We're not here to hear what I'm reading. We're here to talk about Loki, 
and this is the third episode, the shortest of the three episodes, uh, coming in about 41 minutes, and this one's called uh, Lamentus. And uh, when we get to my Easter eggs of the week, I could tell you it's a lot of about Lamentus because we spent all but one and a half minutes on Lamentus. Yeah. So this was a a fun episode, a buddy cop episode kind of between uh, Sylvie, played by Sophia DiMartino, and our resident Asgardian Loki. Again, we're entering spoiler territories, and I know it's early. This is a Thursday. This episode just came out it's fresh in our minds we literally just watched it yeah uh, it's so half hour the, ago. yeah um 15 minutes ago let's be honest um what did you think of lamentus episode number three i like it we got to see a lot more of sylvie or you know lady loki that uh well she's going by sylvie yeah, now she does so. not like well because she was like don't call me loki and then i'm thinking like well is she Loki? Like, because you were saying like last week, like you don't think she might not be a Loki. I think she's Enchantress. Yeah, and she keep she hasn't ever, she never like said I am Loki. Um, you know, she no. keeps saying she's don't, don't call me that. Yeah, I'm, I'm Sylvie. I'm Sylvie. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Like she's, if anything, she's denied being Loki. Yeah, you know, don't call me that. Don't refer to me as that. I am not you. Blah 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 blah. Like I am my own independent mm-hmm. woman. Or independent woman, and I'm going through an identity change, and I'm Sylvie. I'm, I'll never be Loki. It so, leads me to believe more of Enchantress is coming out. The only thing that kind of linked them is when they were uh, in the train talking about their, I guess, life. And he was like, oh, I was adopted. And he was like, oh, by the way, you're adopted too. And she goes, oh, I know. So, like, that kind of had like, the same history. Like, they were adopted, and... She never really even said as guardians or yeah. So let's stop right there. Let's go there because I I wanted to talk about this and I knew you'd bring it up. Did she agree with him or did she just go along with him? You know what I mean. We if we're dealing, let's say for all sakes of this argument, she is the lady Loki, mm-hmm. right? Are we to believe everything that she says when every Loki throughout history has turned on somebody and has never to been be honest? So she never made any solid confirmations. No. She just agreed, yeah, I'm adopted. They told me blah, blah, blah. I don't remember my mom, blah, 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 blah. So, like, they're talking about Frigga. And Loki's, like, again, third episode in. And we're seeing Loki have so much more emotion. And, you know, Sylvie's just like, yep, uh, kind of a a blip on the radar. So it kind of felt like, to me, that, one, there's a, a darker past that we haven't got to. And, two, she's kind of making this up as she goes. Because she wants Loki to believe that she's Loki. She's kind of telling him what he wants to hear. Absolutely. You know, that's the only, like I said, the only thing that was kind of like she was Loki was with the whole I'm adopted thing. But she never really said, like, I think, again, she's just telling him what he wants to hear without telling her too much because she doesn't know everything. You know what I mean? She don't know his history. She don't know his past. So she's kind of just reiterating what he's saying without giving too much detail. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's a long con in my mind. That's what I think. But the episode was good. Uh, Like you said, we were on Lamentus for almost a whole episode. Uh, I did look up what Lamentus is, and I know you'll talk about that in Easter eggs. Oh, yeah, because I honestly, dude, I've got like 45 PowerPoint slides on Lamentus. I I thought it was cool. I thought it was weird, like, 
the world is blowing up around them and there's just meteorites hitting everywhere and they're just walking casually like they're strolling through a park. It was very – that's like a movie trope, right? Where, you know, you do the explosions, you walk away, and you don't pay it any mind. I think they just did that on Lego Masters, like episode two or episode <laughs> one. And it, it's a very Hollywood trope. Explosions pretend they're not there. Yeah, and they were just chilling like, oh, okay. But the, the one scene that I was really hoping for s- someone recognizable is when they go to the, the house or the trailer. And they go knock on the door, and I'm like, oh, who could this be? And it was nobody. Um, I thought it was going to be the chick from um, The Mandalorian. I thought it was going to be Amy Sedaris. For some reason, I don't know why I thought this. And probably because um, I was, I just started um, the uh, scripted podcast of uh, Star-Lord and Rocket Wasteland yeah. on C- Sirius XM. I'm like, how cool would that be if it was old man Peter? Yeah, but instead we got like... Great value, Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, but he like, just I, like him, like he looked like a knockoff version of Vigo. But like, I thought, like, oh, how would it cool if the old man Star Lord and he's just chilling out, lamentous, you know, on his dying days? And yeah, I thought twenty twenty seventy seven, like that would have been perfect. He'd have been like eighty, but hey, you know, <laughs> he's um, a celestial part celestial. But so yeah, maybe it yeah. stunted his age growth. So I thought, I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. And then it was, you know, I at first I thought it was Melissa Leo. And yeah. I, was, I was like, is it? And then I real, I was like, okay, it's Melissa Leo. Like, she, they're not going to get a good actress. And then, you know, for a bit part. And then it wasn't her. And all it was was a bit part. So. Um, well, I mean, you, you think about this. And you know how I feel about this person. But Jennifer Conley as the voice of Karen in Spider-Man. That's a bit part. And she's a great actress. So, yeah. you know, it's Marvel. You'll do anything you want for Marvel. Like, I'd I'd honestly be like a human urinal in a Marvel movie if they made me. <laughs> That's gross. Urinal but, cake lad or something like that where I'm just throwing dirty urinal cakes at people. I just, <laughs> did you say urinal cake lad? Of course, because he's ah. Scottish. <laughs> but, uh... You know, overall, I thought the episode was good. I liked it. Um, like I said, they didn't, they didn't really do too much with Lamentus, and I think it could be more. You know, I thought it was cool. I thought that visually it looked really cool. You know, kind of like the grayscale tone to the, to the episode because of, like, you know, a dying planet. But uh, overall, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, it was a good episode, but not as good as the first two. No. I think it's just because it suffered from being the shorter of the three. I think the great story building of Lamentus was needed uh, because you're spending the whole episode there. So you need to know a little bit about it. And then it can kind of create more visits back into the future. Like we're thinking uh, to the Doom planet. I'm glad we're getting more character building on Sylvie. I think Sophia or yeah, I think I think Sophia DiMartino is great in this. I think I think her acting was on point with Tom Hiddleston's in this one. And their chemistry is just as good as his and uh, Owen Wilson's. Yeah, I agree. The one thing I will say about this, and then I'm going to jump into my theories, uh, is if this variant of Loki is truly a variant of Loki, you can see how self-absorbed Loki is because they kind of alluded to him falling in love with this ver- version of himself. You okay. know what I mean? How How many times can they talk about love and get yeah. chummy on you know the side of a 
doomed planet or on a train and you know they're rescuing each other and i know that like it's because loki has the tempad but like he doesn't have to rescue her and he no. did so like maybe it's not love and maybe it's more of like empathy sympathy because they are quote unquote each other's equal but it's very um uh, if this turns out to be a variant and he's falling in love with himself, how that's such a Loki move. <laughs> you know, the only person that can love him or he can love is himself in a woman's body. So that's pretty cool. And I know he's, you know, Loki came out as bisexual in this episode. We kind of knew that was going to happen because they announced prior to the series debut that he was gender fluid. It's Pride Month. I think this was a perfect time to do that. So hooray for Loki. Let's go to my theories. Um, I'm still big on the Kang train. We're still going to talk about it. But I want to talk about a theory that a um, friend of the podcast, our friend Dion from Inkleb Magazine, sent me a message. I think it was like 3 a.m. in the morning. I think it was like 3 a.m. And it's because, uh, you know, after these episodes, we usually chum it up a little bit and exchange theories. And he sent me this this episode or this, this clip uh, where somebody's talking about the TVA actually being in the quantum realm hmm. and and i you know i went i never thought of it and you know immediately when i said that when i read that it took me back to when i was doing uh the super late show so shout out super late show and we talked about jonathan majors being casted as kang in ant-man and wasp quantumania so we know a ton of kang the conqueror's you know, personas, you know, there's Immortus, there's, you know, Iron Lad. But what we don't really recall, and there's people that kind of may know this because they're deep Kang people, but there's Victor Timely, uh, who I believe could be the the first introduction of Kang in the quantum realm. Um, I hope this episode's on YouTube, that super late show that I did, because I talked about Victor Timely debuting in the quantum realm. And then if you break down his name a little bit more, you have Timely, right? We're talking... Loki, a time traveling show with the time variance authority with time keepers. So, very who's Pepe Silva? Always sunny references here. But, you know, if it's Victor Timely, you know, that just leads us right to Kang, which furthers my Kang trend or Kang theory. Any theories this week? Or are we still riding the, we'll wait and wait it, wait it out? Um, not too much of a theory, but when I looked into Lamentis, they talked about like some a big bad that could happen eventually because of Lamentis. Oh, don't worry, I know exactly what you're talking about, Charles. Yeah, I figured. You let's did. go to let's go to Easter eggs. Let's start with Sylvie. Um, she says that the memories of her mother are a blips of a dream. Uh, now, this could be just a fun nod to MCU fans to kind of get them on a wild goose chase, and it probably more than likely is. But the word and the use of the word blip Mm -hmm. seems deliberate. There are so many words that you could have used, and they chose blip. So whether that's just coincidental, or that could lead to maybe, you know, I've always said people who were normal, quote unquote, who were part of the blip, came back with powers. What if Sylvie was a normal girl, was blipped, returned back? And was granted these powers that she quote unquote taught herself, leading to this variant of Loki. And that's, you know, that's all she remembers. She might be a fan of Loki 
and just donned his persona throughout history. So there's that. Um, I love Sylvie's powers, and then they failed her. I was like first, second when she's like vaporizing time uh, timekeepers. I'm like, yeah. oh, Minutemen. She's you know takes takes a woman to conquer a Minuteman, and she's killing them. And I'm like, oh, I love it. And you know, then she starts behexing people, and I'm like, she's got to be enchantress. Like you know, even though she continues to go through this thing, and she's saying, you know, don't call me Loki. She's enchanting people, and she never answers those questions. So it leads me to believe that she's um, more, more, more than likely enchantress. Um, she's a dangerous woman. We're continuing to prove that. I think that's great. Uh, we're getting typical Loki behavior: uh, shape shifting, the use of his daggers, uh, his helmet, or using his helmet as a weapon, which is what Sylvie did. But if yeah. you go back to Thor Ragnarok, Loki used his helmet as a weapon. He's also used it, I believe, in Dark World. Um, then Loki says that he used to turn roses into frogs. Um, Throg has to be coming up. I as soon as he said that, I thought Throg, and then I thought of you because you're dead set on Throg's coming. He has to be. You know we what? This is a weird show. Could you imagine the end, like the end credit scene to this entire series? Throg beating up Miss Minutes. I'd pay for that. We only have about three hours left, so. If that, I mean, this was 40 minutes, yeah. so we might get a half-hour episode next week. Who knows? But let's go to Lamentus, the title and this, the setting of this this wonderful episode. Lamentus 1, to be exact. Uh, Lamentus 1 is a planet from the comics and appeared in a comic called Annihilation Conquest Pro- Prologue Number 1 in 2007. It has ties to the Kree and could lead to a revisit to the planet in the MCU, which could eventually lead to the villain, who you probably read about, Annihilus. Um, Annihilus, who is armed with superhuman strength and the ability ability to manipulate molecules and an exoskeleton that protects him from harm. Annihilus is a formidable and vindictive foe. More importantly, the cosmic supervillain is one of the rulers of the Negative Zone, an antimatter dimension that is largely uninhabited but parallel to Earth. You're looking at various timelines, various Earths, the the almighty timeline, the real timeline, this could be, you know, a direct nod to Annihilus showing up. Um, he could be alluded to, or show up whether in this episode or this season, Fantastic Four, where he is a major foe of the Fantastic Four, the Marvels, which involves Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and um, Tayana Parrish's Monica Rambeau, or even the Eternals, like an end credit scene, kind of like what we talked about last week with Thanos showing up. Yeah, or. It could set up the phalanx, uh, which are a cyber, cybernetic hive that travels the universe, destroying planets and choosing whether various civil, civilizations are worthy of being assimilated into the collective consciousness. Uh, it's kind of like Brainiac. That's what I that sounds thought like a, the same thing when I read it. Yeah, like, it sounds just like Brainiac, but with mutants who try to become living sentinels. Yeah. I don't know if it's like, is it too early to start the X-Men crossover? theories maybe but if we're looking at the the doom and the incursion of this plan uh planet that the phalanx kind of sits there right it's trying to absorb these no, planets definitely. maybe it, i would prefer it to be annihilus mm-hmm. because he's huge the the look that we could get from it um the crossover that's an avengers type movie you know what i mean i could see the the phalanx being like the marvel's villain or the eternals 2 villain 
where you have a team fighting it, but it's not the Avengers. So we'll see. Uh, Lamentus one continued um, in Annihilation Conquest. Who sh- and who shows up? Let's think about this for a second. I've never read Annihilation Conquest, but two people show up, and I'm going to explain why these two people count. Uh, Moon Dragon and Quasar. Uh, Quasar is somebody who we talked about last week where he was born and lived in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Um, then, given the extremely high presence of the Kree in the MCU and Secret Invasion coming up with the Skrulls, Moon Dragon and Quasar popping up somewhere could be less of a stretch than we imagined. I think Quasar can show up at the end of the series, and maybe it's not, you know, what I thought, Squadron Supreme, and maybe the big hero to show up besides, you know, Loki and Lady Loki, if they're going to be heroes at the end, is Quasar. I think that would be cool. Loki's on the, the train where he's summoning, being his best Frank Sinatra, and he picks up a champagne glass, slams it on the ground, and says, another, just like Thor in Arizona. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, a nice little callback to the episode, or to Thor number one. Then we found out that uh, Lamentus is undergoing incursions, um, and that could lead to, and has led to in the comics, the word incursions, Secret Wars, which hasn't been announced yet, but I think is probably on its way, and the Illuminati, which has been kind of alluded to at the end of Doctor Strange and Madness in the Multiverse. So that would be cool. Then we hear the term, you have a lack of vision. Chuck, do you know what movie that's from? Not off the top of my head. Okay, it's from Star Wars. Emperor Palpatine says it. Uh, I'm thinking Marvel movie. That's what I was thinking. Goddamn layup, and you've missed it. You're like Ben Simmons, Chuck. You're afraid to. You're afraid to lay it up when it matters. All right, let's go to Sylvie. Sylvie's helmet. It's broken on one side. It only has one horn, and that is very much like Lady Loki in the comics. Um, She also has an Asgardian sword with Asgardian runes on it. There's no translation to those Asgardian runes, but my money is on it saying Ralph Boner. So <laughs> we'll have to see where that goes. Finally, or not finally, I got a couple more. The explosions on Lamentis were purplish missiles. Now, this is tinfoil hat time. They, uh, you said grayscale. I didn't get grayscale. I got like futuristic Blade Runner because it was like a bunch of neon lights. So we had these purple missiles coming down, right? You saw those, right? Mm-hmm. The meteors, let's call them meteors. I think they were missiles. Uh, they're hitting the planet. If this planet is, in fact, a Cree planet, right, the purple could symbolize the scrolls, which would place this episode in the future Cree scroll war, setting up Secret Invasion and all of the, the stuff coming up. Marvels 2, you know, who knows, a Ronin the Accuser solo movie? Who the hell knows? We could get it, though. Uh, you, did you catch the names? on the credits of the private and the commander on the train. No, I didn't watch all the credits. No. Okay. So um, their last names are Hicks and Hudson. There's no, there's really no car- comic characters named Hicks and Hudson Hudson, but in the movie aliens, uh, Michael Bain plays Hudson and Bill Paxton plays Hicks. So fun little nod to aliens. And then finally, let's talk about lady Loki's love, the postman. I went deep into the Marvel lore to look for the postmen of the Marvel lore, and I came across two. Uh, the first one is David. No last name, just David. He's like Prince. He's like Bono. He just prefers David. You know who David is, Chuck? No, I don't know. He is the leader of the Chicago chapter of the Morlocks. Okay. 
So that's another X-Men potential tie-in. And then finally, this is the one I'm setting all my money on. Willie Lumpkin. Who, if you look at him, he looks like Paperboy from the comics. From the video yeah, game. I, I know of Willie Lumpkin. Of course you do, because he is the mailman of the Fantastic Four in the comics. And way back in the Chris Evans, Jessica Alba, Michael Chiklis movie, he's played by none other than Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. So how great would that be if her boyfriend is Stan Lee? <laughs> That'd be amazing. From, from 2005's Fantastic Four. Um, honestly, I'm sure there's more theories and there's more Easter eggs that I'm going to pick up on my second watch and later in the week that I'm going to develop when I can't sleep or I'm in the shower. But these are what I got. And uh, I'm still going to ride that Kang train, man. I kind of think that Kang, for example, we're going to talk about him, but I kind of think that Kang has kind of usurped the timekeepers. And he is, whether he killed them or they're tied up somewhere, he is pulling all the strings. And he's the the puppet master. So I'm still going to ride the Kang train. And I think that at the by the end of this series, we're going to see that Sylvie and Loki are anti-heroes, if not heroes. Mm-hmm. It's a bold prediction. But I think they're going to... They're bombing... I think they're killing the timekeeper to prevent... At least Lady Loki is. I think that Sylvie is killing the timekeepers in her mind to prevent all these apocalypses i think you know once we we figured out that she's hiding in apocalypses to go undetected i think she's also doing her research to be like how can i avoid these because we're letting people die for no reason and people are watching us so i think that that's a possibility and i also think it was absolutely crazy that the big reveal was that the tva people are actual variants too yeah that was something that was, I was absolutely to huge about but yeah, that's huge because like, you know, Owen Wilson is in said that we were just kind of created, and same thing with kind of Caesar when it seemed like he was created because he didn't know what a fish was. So, yeah. you know, he was thinking, okay, these people were created to work for the TVA, and when, you know, the the beginning of the episode started with, um, what's her real name, Sasha something, but I forget the character. I think you might be right, and I also, you know, to, to speak on that, Sasha, where are you? Sasha Lane was also in that terrible Hellboy movie. Oh, she was. I yep. totally forgot about that. Yeah, I think everybody, I think she might have forgot about it, but she played Alice Monaghan. So um, you have seen her before, World. You have seen her before. Yeah. So, um, you know, in the beginning when he was, she was trying to get the information with TVA, because in the previous episode she talked about, I told them where they were at. So we saw a little bit of that, which was really cool. But then when um, Sylvie said to Loki, was like, yeah, they're just, you know, she basically said they, they were time variants that are forced to work for TVA. So either Owen Wilson was lying or they, like, wiped her memories. Yeah, or, they're conditioned. Yeah. So that's something I hope they explore and I'm pretty sure they will because you just can't say something like that and then forget about it. Yeah. Dude, it just popped in my head as we were talking about this. What if the almighty timekeepers or timekeeper, I'm thinking Kang the Conqueror. What if he could tap, if this is in the quantum realm, what if he was able to tap into the blip, right? And as they were coming back, he was pulling people from the blip 
into become his own squadron, right? Become the TVA. What if Sophia or Sylvie, right? I'm thinking that she was somebody who was caught up in the blip and just is conning her way through this. What if she was brought in there as an operative, a TVA, but the conditioning never worked and she knows the truth and she's trying to wipe the time variance out? Well, if she was part of the TVA, she would know like the elevators and stuff like that. Like she didn't, she was getting information like where are the elevator, what are they? They're gold. So, but what if it was like day one and she was like, hell no, this isn't for me. And she just took a time temp pad and got out temp pad and got out there. You know what I mean? Because in that flashback with Sasha Lane, she first, it gave me black mirror San Junipero vibes, okay. which is like where Gugu met Bath the raw came from. That's the, you know, the best, in my mind, best Black Mirror episode. But it gave me that kind of vibe as she's, like, jumping from the, the margaritas to, you know, the inner cities or the, you know, the city restaurant or whatever. Um, what if she, like, she's asking about how many people are guarding the timekeepers. And I know, like, that's kind of, like, her just enchanting people. But, like, what if she just she knows about the timekeepers and she knows where all these disasters are she knows a lot about how their equipment works what if she was like in there and just it didn't click and she just left yeah, that's a possibility yeah anything's possible at this point yeah. mephisto might show up oh man that i would be so pissed if mephisto showed up in this episode <laughs> or in this season i'd be so mad I'd be like i wasted 18 hours of my time last year god damn it but that's it, man. Um, I'm going to go five out of five for this one, even though it was, you know, felt like Mandalorian season one where we get, you know, the Bobby Cannavale episode where you're like, yeah. oh, I don't really care about this one. But this one had a lot in it and I cared more about it than some other shows. Mainly everything on the CW. Yeah. So this 30, 40 minute episode was better than anything that's out on the CW right now. So you heard yeah. it here. But that's it. Follow us on social media. The Active Geek Podcast. Listen to Galaxy Wars. Cage My IQ. Go back in the archives and listen to Box Office Flashback and Adventures of Binks and the Beards. And finally, uh, we'll be back, Chuck, next week. Full episode. Full 100-minute episode. It's probably not going to be that long. But <laughs> no. full full 38-minute episode. Just as long as this one. But we'll be back. So enjoy this episode because we're going back and we're diving into our geeky goodness next week. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for the Active Geek Podcast. I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.